0: Welcome to How To Rock The Stage Show, a show committed to equipping you to hone your media skills better to stand out from the crowd as a go-to expert in your field. Each week, Rich Bontrager interviews top leaders, influencers, authors, speakers, podcasters, and media professionals about how to leverage media best to help you shine brighter on camera and stage as a go-to expert. Now, here's your host, The Trigger, Rich Bontrager. Welcome back. How many times have you seen me today streaming on different channels? (laughs) It's been one of those days, been in the studio a lot, having a great time doing it. Uh, Love presenting and uh, interviewing people, having great discussions. It's great to have you back on a Wednesday night as we're streaming live on multiple channels again today. And throughout the show tonight, make sure you use the chat. We would love to have you ask questions, interact celebrate comments, have a joke or two. So please join us in the conversation tonight as we are going to step out of our normal realm. of talking about media skills and being savvy, but that's what we're here about at Rock the Stage every Wednesday night and throughout the week. We will help you shine on camera, shine on stage to better help you elevate you and your brand. You're the brand authority. You are the expert. And tonight we have a serious expert in the house, but she's also a lot of fun. Lindsay Dowd is recognized by Apple News as a top 10 coach for 2023. She's one of those movers and shakers. She is a speaker and the founder of the chief heartbeat officer of her company called Heartbeat for Hire. Lindsay has 25 years plus in the career sales and management. She is an accomplished leader and she is an expert seller and has successfully managed large cross-band brand, diverse, high-performing sales. And she's worked with many teams, 23 years worth of climbing the ranks, even within IBM. I know a lot about IBM. Uh, Lizzie is also a wife, a mother uh, to a boy and girl. They are twins. That's something I did not know coming into this, and we're going to get into this. Uh, and she has two wiener dogs who lives just north of Boston, Well some. To the rock on the stage tonight, Lindsay Dowd. Lindsay, great to have you with us. Hey, Rich. Nice to see you. You never told me in all of our pre-conversations. You've got twins. I've got twins. I do. You do? I didn't know that. Yeah. How did that never come up in our pre-screening? My my, my my team failed in the pre-screening questionnaire there. But yeah, I've, I've got twin girls. We're in their 20-somethings now. Rocking the world. But you got a boy and a girl, huh?
1: Boy and a girl in high school, so they're. Uh, we don't have many summers left together before they go off to college, so it's it's uh, it's go time.
0: Mine were identical, and we had a blast. And yes, they played tricks on oh. dad. So just to get that out before you want to ask, that's uh, absolutely absolutely true. Great to have you on. And by the way, right away the accolades are coming in for the stars <laughs> And Look at that, Lindsay is amazing. Boom, right out mm-hmm. of the gate. People are ready to hear from Lindsay and what you got cooked up for us tonight. Um, also you, you've, you've got these wiener dogs. Now a lot of people use the dog walking during pandemic as their excuse to get out. Did you do that? Did you right. use your dog as the excuse to get out?
1: I mean, i so I have, we just got a new puppy, but the one that we rescued, she's really easy. So she just, eats twice a day goes out twice a day her life is simple but she did love a walk so it was a good excuse to get out and actually see people I think back in the really really tough time of the pandemic you'd wave you know across the street you wouldn't dare come close um but yeah now we have to get out because we've got both and uh it's it's a lot of fun and my my little one my puppy she's very big on Instagram right now so if you want to have be entertained poppy long sausage is her handle
0: Okay. So. Okay. I was going to say, she's not one of those that's on the typewriter and stuff. There's one right now with the glasses that's
1: no. killing Instagram. <laughs> we haven't worked on that talent yet. No, she she's just really funny and uh, she's very cute.
0: Well, tonight we're here to talk about this whole employee retention, the leadership factor of how that plays into it, but this whole vibrant company culture that people are mm. dying to create. And right now companies are really hurting on hiring, retention, on everything. But before we get into that, uh, because you are such an amazing expert and a branding expert yourself, I do want to ask you about this heartbeat for hire. And you're the chief heartbeat of of it all. So how did you come up with the name and the branding of that?
1: You know, it was... um... I'll I'll give you a little of the background because the story is what helps you understand it. Um, So like you said, I was with IBM for 23 years. I had a really lovely decorated career. I worked with incredible people. I had managed really big teams and um, I left IBM. It was my choice. I wanted to go and try something else. So I went to another company and I worked there for six months and I got fired. And anyone that knows me is kind of like, how, how does that happen? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And it was definitely a culture mismatch. Um, it was the, the woman that I was working for had um, really a different skill set than the one that I valued, which really was a lot of what some people call soft skills. I call power skills. And um, she didn't appreciate mine. And so it was a horrible time. I was extremely wounded, extremely upset. And I took about a month to lick my wounds. And I said, okay, what am I good at? What do I love to do? And how can I help people the most? And what I knew how to do was to build really irresistible sales culture where people were knocking down the doors to be a part of it. But the best part about it was they performed. And so when you build this really good culture, Your people rock it. They absolutely do. So Mm -hmm. I wrote this job description and I said, I want to advise all of the sales leaders on how to do this, on how to really take care of their people, take care of their teams and honor the people that are busting their butts day in and day out for our clients. And so I called this the chief heartbeat officer. And I was interviewing up a storm and people were like, you could do so many things. What do you want to do? And I said, I want to be your chief heartbeat officer. And they would go, oh my God, I love that. I wish we had that. Oh, we need that so badly. We don't have it though, good luck. And so I heard it you know, a few, quite a few times. And um, so I said, all right, I'm gonna build it myself. And so I started my company Heartbeat for Hire and that was a year ago, so. Congratulations,
0: that that's awesome. So you, you <laughs> literally created your own position within companies. They just didn't understand it. And now here you are rocking it yourself. Um, I'm trying, (laughs) (laughs) man. Sometimes you gotta go build it yourself and just go do it, and that's that's fun being an entrepreneur. There's no box. There's no
1: rules. Oh, and and let's look like I mean, let's not pretend becoming an entrepreneur after being in corporate for 25 years is hard. And so much of what you are given in a corporate environment, like accounts payable, people booking your travel, having a company card, you know, all of those things you got to figure it out on your own. So, you know, the first year of business, I built a website, I started a podcast, like these are not things that I learned how to do in corporate. I had to figure it out. So some things I really suck at and other things I've learned I'm pretty good at. And, you know, it's, it's been quite an experience.
0: So going back to IBM, I lived in Rochester, Mm -hmm. Minnesota for a very long time. The heartbeat of big blue, when big blue was Mm -hmm. at its prime, Rochester was part of the biggest hub of IBM, so I'm very familiar with the culture, um, and it's interesting. You come out of that culture to be a very creative, yeah. And like you said, that's a big jump because IBM was not going to allow you to escape <laughs> the clicker. <ever. laughs> there was no you know- room for
1: creative. I'll I'll comment on that because I came from Lotus and Lotus was definitely more of the creative wilder side of IBM and I have a very long legacy at IBM. My family put in like 105 years. So my father was an IBMer, my father-in-law, my husband, my mother-in-law. It was a lot of a lot of time we all spent there. So I grew up in that culture. And while I certainly remember the time that my father was wearing the suits and, you know, the day that they were allowed to wear blue shirts was a big deal. And, you know, here comes Lotus and flip-flops and dreadlocks and beer carts on Friday. And my father's like, what is happening? And I'm like, oh, you're going casual. And he was like, no way. But what, what that fostered was uh, embracing of different thinking. And um, IBM was a really diverse place, which I really appreciated. And um, I was very fortunate to work for some amazing leaders who were gave me the space and the latitude to think differently. And I always called my team Mavericks and Hustlers. And it was so nice to be a part of that kind of environment, which isn't how people really thought of IBM. So
0: no, no, no. I existed. would want to be on that team. I would be on the Maverick <laughs> team. Wow.
1: Yeah, no, it was cool.
0: Really cool. By the way, people are commenting here. And again, the whole entrepreneur thing, that first year of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. People get yeah. it. So let's, let's get into- that for a second here because Mm. this whole idea of leadership is where it all hinges on in 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 my mind and one of the things that I often speak on is the four important risks that every leader should take my number one is care more than other thinks wise what do you think of that Mm
1: -hmm. oh I mean the thing that I teach with leadership and it's right up right in that sweet spot is um, you You have to build trust with your people. And you do that by asking them how you can be the best manager for them. And when you understand what they need, you can advocate for them. But the, the big mistake that I see in sales all the time is so often they will take the high performers, the ones that are absolutely crushing it, and they'll say, we need to magnify that, let's make them a manager. But very few people ask the question of why do you want to be a manager? And a lot of those top performers only care about their own wallet. So they don't they're not going to be an amazing leader. They're not going to take care of their people. And they're going to say to themselves, why don't these people do it exactly like I did it? And they'll just get very frustrated and you just create this toxic environment. It's a recipe for disaster. So I always love to ask when I had an opportunity to promote people or to hire managers, that was a really important question to say, you know, why do you wanna be a manager? And the people that I promoted and the people that I put in those roles were people that absolutely loved their team and anyone that worked for them would die on the mat for them to this day. And I felt that way about the leaders that I had. So um, continuing that, that it's it's compassionate leadership, but it's it's letting people do the job they were hired for. And anyone who's micromanager can't do that. So, um, yeah, I just threw a lot at you on that, but yeah. No,
0: no, 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 no. Because again, part of what I think you're also describing is part of creating this culture and giving them the right place, right people, right place, right gifts, right talents, yeah. put them in the right place in the bus. Right. And when, and when they pull them out and say, you're doing so good, let's make a manager out of you. Mm. Again, they're not asking, are you a manager or are you one of those people that's right where you should be? Why do yeah. we do that? Why do we move them they're doing exactly the best job in the world.
1: So I've got two stories for that. So one, I had this rep and she was phenomenal. She was so good. And she consistently would, would get these million dollar commission checks. I mean, she was a force, but she was very self-aware and she knew she should not be a manager. And I knew she should not be a manager. But some moron told her that her resume looked stale because she was doing the same thing for 10 years. I don't know about you, but if I'm making a million dollar commission check, I'm fine. <laughs> you don't need to put in some some self-doubt in her and make her feel subpar. I'm sure that person who said it wasn't making million dollar commission checks. So that's just one piece of it. Know who you are, know why you wanna do the job mm-hmm. you're in. It's really, really important. But the other story I wanted to share I had a leader and she was at IBM. She was a friend of mine and she became my boss. And um, I was telling her what I was doing for this really large client. And I had a strategy and I was really working hard on it. And I started to talk about it. And she said, girl, I've got your back now fly. And I just, I got goosebumps. Then I have goosebumps now. And what that gave me was the strength the the motivation and it took away the fear for me to build new best practices for me to take my big team of 55 people and be like guys let's think differently let's work with this client in ways we haven't before she's got our back if we screw up she's going to help us through it but let's try something new and that was a real turning point for me for the way that I knew I would always want to lead with those kinds of words. And so when you put that belief in someone and you say, I trust you and do the job you're here to do, I got you. Every time I've ever done that, that person has taken risks. They've risen above, they've become my top performers and it's just such a good practice.
0: So now you're describing building that culture. Yeah. That leader built the culture of, I got you, go fly, kick butt, take name, whatever you want to say. What are some of the other DNA of building Mm -hmm. the culture that leaders should sprinkle in to add to what you're describing?
1: Yeah. I, I have one that is so underused and it's so easy and that's leveraging recognition. And, you know, as a manager, most managers have some kind of discretionary budget that they can, you know, throw money towards things or you get points in your program or whatever it is. But, um, A simple one is just if you're having a team call, recognizing someone on a supporting team and saying, hey, you guys, we're going to bring Sally on the call today. She absolutely helped us crush this. We need to just celebrate her. She has no idea we're doing this. Let's make her feel good. First of all, Sally is going to be blown away. She's going to be embarrassed. She's going to be excited. She's going to be really touched. But Sally will forever be like, Oh, no, I love that team. I will help that team always. They totally saw, they saw me, they, they see my value. That's great. So that's an easy one. Another one is just saying, you know, when you're asking that question of how can I be the best manager for you, you learn things about your people, you learn, okay, Emma loves to speak, so let's give her a chance to to tell part of this presentation. Let's give her a chance to present. Or Jimmy really loves analytics. I have this crap project I have to do. (laughs) I really need his help. But if if he does a great job, I'm telling everyone he did it. And here's the thing that I really want to impress upon leaders. A lot of insecure leaders feel like they have to take credit for everything But when someone is working for you and they do something really great and you give them the floor and you shine the spotlight on them, it makes you a generous leader. And it's a reflection on you. You don't need to steal their thunder. If anything, lift them up. It makes you look better. So that's an easy one. And if you really want to go big, you say, you know, there's an all hands call for the company. I need my person on that call. They need to be featured. They need to tell their story. But okay. Now
0: you're simple. just blowing people away right now. Now, 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 you're taking them <laughs> way, way out there, which is great. And the comments keep coming, by the way, you have, <laughs> uh, here we go. The, the idea of leveraging recognition is so important. I love it. What you're giving. I mean, there's a lot of gold nuggets here tonight. By the way, we do want to mention that we are sponsored by the national speakers association. The NSA is probably connected with rock the stage media. We're happy to work with them earlier today. One of the shows I did was behind the stage with the NSA. So we are working collaboration. Thanks for their support of making rock the stage every Wednesday night possible back here. Lindsay Dowd is our guest again. She is that heartbeat of her own (laughs) company, but the heartbeat for so many other people, our company's shifting, though, through all the, the COVID, the world. It's not easy to get people to go back to work right now. It's not yeah. easy to find the qualified people that you want, but they will come back. And like McDonald's is like $17 an hour, $20 an hour now nationally. Yeah.
1: So what's the shift about and how can you help us out? Yeah, so there. I think in the the Great Hiatus, otherwise known as the pandemic, that's um, a great way to phrase it. <laughs> we we had um, a, we started to see a real shift, and and I. Um, I The shift that took place for me was obviously I changed my career, um, but I also really started living with a lot of intention. And um, I did that both professionally and personally. And so I chose to be with people that recharged my battery. I chose to do things that made me feel good. Um, and that was really intentional. And that same concept was happening in our corporate world. And people were saying, I am done. I am not going to be treated poorly anymore. My life is worth more. My health is worth more. My mental health is worth more. This, this is it. We're, we're finished. I will find something else. And today I quit. And so we saw this massive resignation, the great resignation, right? Mm-hmm. And then some time passed and now we're in the great reset. And the great reset is really this paradigm shift of leadership and if you look at linkedin and if you look at what the experts are all talking about they're all talking about how leaders have to really hone their power skills and the the leaders that are not doing that the ones that believe intimidation and fear and aggression is the way that i'm going to get my people motivated newsflash it's not going to work. And it never did. So, you know, you've got to reach your people in a different way. You've got to add fun. You've got to add ways that people can connect. And the thing that I think people have realized, whether you're in person, you're hybrid, or you're fully work from home as a leader, one of the things that I did, and I learned this lesson, um, by, we did a Kahoot on one of my teams. And if you've ever done a Kahoot, it's just this multimedia quiz. It's got pictures and music. And I asked everyone on my team to send me an an interesting fact that no one knew about them. And so I made, it was all multiple choice. And so one of the questions was, um, this person has visited every major ballpark in the country, but one. And so the choices were, you know, there were three guys and there was one girl. And of course, everyone answered the guys and it was Marsha. And so there. Were like, Marsha, no way. I didn't even know you were a baseball fan. And so every call that Marsha was on after that, everyone had some common ground. Marsha, what's left? What, what park is left? When are you going? You know, what motivated you to do this? And you know, can we swear on this? <laughs> okay. There's no
0: rating on this. This is wow. open forum.
1: So I always would tell my, my teams, it's a lot harder to be an asshole to someone after you've met them. So my my goal was to create connection for people. And when you do that, all of a sudden you're fostering competition in a friendly way. Your people are they want to support each other. They become invested in each other. They listen to stories about their kids. They want to know how they're doing. And It's so much more of of, a friendly environment that you enjoy. And if you are a leader and you're not fostering these things, you're missing out and you're it's just a job for your team. So there are those people that won't want to engage. But for the most part, everyone's going to come out of their shell a little bit. And I think that's an important piece for leaders to really understand and, and embrace.
0: Well, and again, I think the shift has happened. I think it's going to continue. We're not going back. Mm-mm. And I think you're right. The leaders have to catch up. They have to realize I love the idea of gamifying some things, having yeah. some fun learning about each other. It's a huge shift. And virtually now you can do that so well than ever before and do your global teams. Just like, oh my God. you know, just a few minutes ago, we we had a friend of mine that I've not heard from in years. Uh, I'm going to bring it back up here for one second, but uh You know, Jennifer's streaming with us right now from Georgia. I'm in D.C. Uh, Where are you at? I'm in Boston. Boston. We're all over the place, but we can do this engagement, make these connections. And it's a game changer. But as leaders, we have to learn how to play in this new playground, don't
1: we? Yeah, we do. I mean, it's it's um, here's the thing that I love to tell leaders. and, And I talk about this so often. Everything I teach, Rich, it's not hard. This is human behavior. It's modifying language. It's tweaking the good. It's it's not um, it's not ripping everything down to the studs. It's not starting over. It's it's taking the things that have worked for you and it's it's making it better. And when you're a leader and you ask those questions, so when I asked the question the first time of how you know, how can I be the best manager for you? It's a very humbling question. You're admitting you don't know everything. That's hard for leaders. I mean, you're you're exposing yourself, but all of a sudden the answers you're gonna get from everybody are going to be vastly different. And it's because of age. It's because of career goals. It's because of experience, but some people are going to need training. Some people want to role play. Some people just need coaching. And some people are going to be like, get the fuck out of my way. I just got to do what my job and you're my escalation point. You know, that's the beauty of getting to know your people. And then when someone taps you on the shoulder and says, Hey, what's going on in the field, you know, You're ready to say, I've got two flight risks, two people that need more training. I need an increased training budget. And let me tell you who's going to crush it because they understand their job.
0: So I think we have a follow-up question coming from the audience here tonight. And thanks for the question coming in. Uh, This is coming in from Ashley. And how do you personally encourage the leaders you coach to lean into the value of, there you go, ETO (laughs) to increase retention?
1: this falls under the category of boundaries and boundaries is a thing i got really good at but i don't think a lot of people are and i think the the hardest part for anybody that's working from home is your commute short so you know you're you don't have separation of like i'm going to work but um I, I fence my time. And for anybody that uses Calendly, it's a great way to do that um, because you block your, your day. You know, like I don't take calls after 3 p.m. on Fridays. And that is my mental reset. I want to enjoy my weekend. I want that is just a hard stop for me. Now, if somebody says I'm a client and I need to talk to you, oh, I'll talk to them. But I I really do try and protect that time. And I think as leaders, it's so important to make sure your people are taking time. They need to recharge and you don't want your people to burn out. So if you are constantly asking them for stuff, you know, I was recently on a call. We were talking about maternity leave and, um, you know, there's a difference between sending a message to the person that's out on maternity or paternity leave and say, I just wanted you to know, we were thinking of you. I'm not asking you for anything. I hope you're doing well. We all send our love versus, Hey, if you have a minute, can you answer a question? That is sacred time. Don't you ever do that to someone ever. (laughs) You, you, you make sure that they enjoy that time. They deserved it. And we are like the only country in the civilized world that does a really crap job with maternity leave. Um, Mm -hmm. I think someone used the example the other day of, you know, a puppy can't leave its mother until it's eight weeks old. We don't even do that for babies. So (laughs) give them that time. And if you can give them more, do it. And a practice that's really interesting now, Rich, is a lot of companies are um, giving you unlimited PTO. Yep. which when you get those deals, you're like, woo, unlimited PTO. First of all, nobody takes it all or nobody takes it. You just, <laughs> you work your butt off. And it's really a way that HR doesn't have to, or the company doesn't have to pay you if you leave the company. So it's, it's not that great, but it's so important to respect and honor that time. And as a leader, you can't second guess it. You have to just say, no, no, you need this. You need to recharge.
0: So interesting. And that talk that I do about the four great leadership risks uh, I mentioned a company uh, that actually said, we're going to play for PTO both for, for male and female. And that was a big line of distinction. And mm. they said, whether they take it or not, we're paying for it. Yeah. We're, we're covering. And to so a lot of people, like, again, you care more than you think necessary. You risk more. You're pulling back into it. So my question here now is, what if you're the leader that feels disconnected from their team? Yeah. They don't even know what's going on.
1: Yeah. How well, do a leader change that and get in there? This is the first place that I, when I'm trying to identify like who needs my help, this is one of the first things I ask. So, are your people engaged on your team calls? If they're real quiet, maybe you've got an issue. And the first thing you ought to do is ask that question. Now, if you've been a crappy boss, you better be prepared for some solid feedback. And some people aren't going to know how to answer that question. But it's the beginning of building trust. And without trust, you've got nothing. And we used that example before of I've got your back, now fly. You have to honor your people, you have to show up and say, you are here for this job. You are so qualified to do this. Do you have any questions? Is there something about this job you don't understand? Is there some way I can help you? So you feel more confident. And, and I'll tell you a story. I had, um, I, when I was at IBM, I had acquired a bunch of different teams that made up an organization and we were kind of the land of the misfit toys and nobody wanted to know what the other team was selling. They didn't care. They were just like, whatever, I don't, that sounds hard. Um, and one of the women came over from my team and, or it came over onto my team from marketing and she just, um, was putting up zeros for like three months and I just couldn't understand what was happening. So, um, her manager and I sat her down and we said, so, you know, PJ, what's going on? You know, do you understand your job? And she's like, I don't. I came from marketing and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And so we said, okay, so let's, let's start there. Let's explain what your job is. So you feel confident and you can thrive. And then we started having conversations around. These are the things you can say to your partners. These are the things you can say to your client. And Hey, if you screw up, we're here. And that gave her so much confidence, rich in six months, she was my top performer. And that is meeting them where they are, recognizing what they need and supporting them with the things that they need to, to be successful.
0: So great segue. I mean, that's a great story. Great, great, great example. But that's probably also part of the reason why Apple News is ranking you in the top 10 movers and shakers mm-hmm. in the coaching realm for 2023. How did you get there? How did you, I mean, you've got the experience, you got the knowledge, you got to think about how did you get pushed out there where people go, <laughs> yeah, to that gal over there.
1: <laughs> so, um, if you, if anybody doesn't know how the PR machine works, I'll, I'll, I'll share some secrets. Um, so I have a friend who's an absolute whiz in PR and she, Um, she loved what I was doing and she was just like, Lindsay, you just need a bigger stage. You need a bigger platform. People need to hear this message. Do you mind if I go and pitch you to some of the publications that I work with? And I'm like, do I mind? No, have a blast. Go have a great time. Let me know how it goes. And so she came back to me a couple of weeks later and and I was like, how did it go? You were kind of quiet. I didn't hear anything. She goes, Oh, no, they all loved you. But with most of these publications, you have to pay to play. So if you were going to have like a full feature done by, you know, Fortune or Success Magazine or, you know, Forbes, you have to pay to to be featured. Um, so we were very decisive about what would give me the most exposure. And the cool thing was all of them wanted me. So that was a really nice, flattering thing to have. But Apple News was the way that we went. And um It was a real honor. It wasn't just top 10. I was top two. Um, So that was really cool. And um, I just, it was a a real um, piece that added some credibility. Um, So it didn't change who I am or what I do or how I talk or um, how I show up, but it certainly is nice to have.
0: I just dropped in the chat box for all of you playing along tonight. And thank you for the question, the comments, keep them rolling along with us. But I did drop in, Lindsay's social connections if you have not connect with her you're gonna have linkedin instagram facebook youtube tiktok so you need to connect with this lady because she's got so much great content as we've been sharing tonight and as we've been celebrating her through the chat please go connect uh she has so much great content there to do um and as, as we bring this up here and go a little bit further personal branding is something that i work on I coach people on personal branding. Look at her get all excited. Look at that. I haven't got the question yet. Um, I know where you're going. <laughs> because branding is so important. But the shift that I'm coaching everybody on, you are now the brand. Not your book, not your TikTok, not your Twitter. You yeah. are the brand. And as I media coach people to help step onto this new stage of being the brand, that's the new game changer. And you have to step out and shine in a whole new way. You need to learn media skills, you need to learn the trends. What do you say about this? Be the brand, is that the direction you go? Uh,
1: Yes, 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 yes. And um, let me just say this, and this is the, the thing that I learned coming from corporate. You are not just your job. You are so much more than that. And especially all my coaching clients, we, we always do a bit of a LinkedIn overhaul. Um, LinkedIn is really, for those of you that aren't super active on LinkedIn, it is not an online resume anymore. It yeah. is a platform for expertise. And if you have an opinion of any kind, I highly recommend you dig in. But what I learned um, in my journey was I had to really establish my voice. And so the first six months of Heartbeat for Hire was building content. It was creating the podcast. It was really sharing things that were meaningful and important to me. And for anybody that is just getting started or recognizing I need to do a little more than what I'm doing right now, or maybe I just have vice president of business development. Well, you're more than that. And mm-hmm. you know, you're know you probably a, a sales leader and you're probably a passionate speaker. You're probably, I mean, there's all kinds of things you are and you don't define yourself by one thing anymore. And it's totally cool to add some personality and talk about some of the personal stuff too. And I just really want people to understand that There is no such thing as job security. There is only career security and you have to build that for yourself. There is no longer company loyalty. And if you don't believe me, pay attention to all the layoffs that just happened. People that have been at places for 25 plus years and they're out and they are scratching their heads going, now what? Those folks are the folks I'm trying to, you know, really hit hardest and say, guys, pay attention. There are so many little things we can do on LinkedIn to elevate your voice, to make you be seen and heard. And I actually teach a a course on this. Um, I love doing it for corporate employees uh, because they're not taught this and they don't understand how powerful it is. And it's a LinkedIn basics course. There are Mm -hmm. people that do super advanced things. This is, I'm going to clean you up, get you presentable and put you out on the playground, Um, which is really where people need to feel comfortable enough that they can do that. The biggest hesitation I see is i haven't i haven't touched it in a while i don't really think if i post anybody's gonna like appreciate that and it you know you want to be presentable you want to look good so let's let's let me help you please reach out i would love to help this is on a, a regular
0: I basis we have linkedin experts right here yeah. right here because like you said it's changing it's morphing and there's so much learning is a powerful powerful platform we leverage it iraq the sage yeah Today, I've leveraged it video-wise three times. I've had three different shows on that platform today. Uh, Every day at 2 o'clock, I'm on at 2 p.m. So, yeah, yeah, you need to leverage it. Look at the comments flying in here. Look at this. You've got your company is never, again, they're reinforcing. They're backing you up. They're applauding it. Here we've got, you know, elevate your voice. Yes, I just talked about that today on one of my posts. That's exactly. important. Grab this information you're hearing tonight. Make your own posts on it. Give credit to where you heard it. But yeah. add your own voice and your own twist to what you're hearing tonight and begin reaching out and building your brand, build your voice because you are that authority in whatever industry you're in, you have the ability to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's and what Lindsay
0: were, and I both work on.
1: The the simplest way to start is if you follow a hashtag that you really like, maybe it's supply chain, maybe it's blockchain, maybe it's chat GPT, whatever it is, start to look at the voices that are the loudest on the hashtag and comment on what they're saying. The more you comment, the more followers you're gonna get, the more feedback you're gonna get. It's a very easy way to dip your toe in the water. So it's it's really um, not as hard as people think. You don't have to be a content creator to be using LinkedIn. It's great if you are, but you don't have to be. You can share articles that you read in Harvard Business Review or Fast Company or whatever you like and say why you like it, but it helps you hone your voice. And when some, when it's that time to look for a job, you have opinions you have. And, oh, hey, by the way, if you're in sales and you want to talk to a client, the first thing they do is look you up on LinkedIn. So if you have nothing to say, you're just not very interesting.
0: If you don't have a profile picture, if you don't have a banner, again, those are some of the things we can get into. Yeah. Uh, and on this one right here, I just want again it's a LinkedIn user chiming in here. Uh, yes. Don't just comment. Don't just do the thumbs up. Don't just leave a right. little emoji. Five uh-huh. words or more will set you mm-hmm. apart from any other emoji. Yeah, have fun with it? Five words or more, you get bumped up. That's true.
1: That's Use true.
0: that little trick right there. So,
1: oh, and whoever just said when someone comments, you respond back. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. If someone takes the time to comment, you respond. Even if it's thank you for sharing, that's enough. <laughs> just comment. Keep, keep
0: the conversation going like we're doing right now, <laughs> which is really great. You got are living examples over here with us tonight. You have to engage. That's right. You need to engage. Yes. You need to be, Brian en- knows that. be. Yeah. Being a bystander is not going to cut it. Be engaging. By the way, we do what I mentioned. This has been such an amazing episode here tonight. Lindsay, you have, again, here's someone's coming in stealing the words right out of my mouth. You are a superstar. You have given wow. so much content, so <laughs> much power, Uh, You do need to reach out to her. Make sure tonight you grab, cut, and paste. Reach out on that. But, Lindsay, you also do have a special for everyone here tonight, right? And this is very easy. You're going to offer everybody a free consultation, a free conversation. They can scan the QR code. And where is that going to take them?
1: I believe it's going to take you right to my calendar where you can book time with me. We'll spend 30 minutes, understand what your needs are. Right now, I'm doing sales coaching, career coaching, um, leadership and culture coaching. And then I'm working with a lot of companies and trying to coach their leadership teams as well. And I'm a speaker. Um, So like you heard, we talk about building your personal brand. That is the best gift you could give to your team, you guys. If you want to be a leader and you want to like up your team's game, I love doing this. It's an hour. It's super interactive. We do it live. Um, and then the other one is heartbeats, not headcount. And that's all the topics we talked about before building trust, communication, language choice, leveraging recognition, all of those good things. So hopefully there's something in there that you need.
0: Make sure you grab the QR code, reach out and follow up because yeah, there is plenty of good stuff that she has to offer for you. And again, if you're ever interested Contact us at Rock to Sage Media as well, rocktostagemedia.com or rich at richbontrigger.net. We're always here to help you. We kind of balance each other out. Lindsay and I, she's got her area and my area, and we kind of really have a nice, good fleshing it out and makes it better and better all the time. Lindsay, as we land the plane tonight, what's the best advice you can give? or maybe a teaser to light somebody up even bigger and bolder as you've done tonight. What's the best word for the final wrap up tonight?
1: Oh gosh. I think right now um, I'll I'll go back to the boundaries piece. Um, I think everyone needs to really be intentional with your time and intentional with where you spend it. You know, before the great hiatus, everybody was living a very obligatory life um, we were going to baby showers and things of like friends of friends and, you know, they weren't real fulfilling moments and you have to design your own life. You have to be the conductor of your own symphony. And if you don't take control of that, and if you don't honor your time and if your family is important to you or your pets are important to you, put them first. Um, cause I promise you, you are far more loyal to your company than your company will ever be to you. So Build that personal brand, protect your time, and um, give back as much as you can. People need more kindness right now. So um, be kind.
0: Lindsay Dowd, founder and chief heartbeat officer of our own company, Heartbeat for Hire. Great to have you with us here tonight. Thanks for making the extra time for us.
1: Thanks, Rich. It was so much fun.
0: By the way, we have great stuff coming up with Rock the Sage tomorrow night. We do have open mic again that is on Meetup. Make sure you go check that out and join our group. We actually coach, give you time to give a little word and learn how to connect better through video, through television, and learn how to master your skills right here on our meetup group. Um, And also, we're back every Wednesday night with How the Rock to Stage. 7 o'clock we go live, and we have amazing guests, just like you heard tonight. We're streaming live on multiple platforms, and we're proud to announce the new edition of the audio podcast version So what you heard tonight will be live on our audio podcast platforms. Many of those Apple and other ones that you subscribe to, you can get the audio replay right away at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, streaming on multiple platforms. We're here to help you out with Rock Stage any way we can to help you shine on camera, shine on stage, to help you amplify your brand, your authority. Because again, as we mentioned here tonight, you matter greatly and your personal brand and your importance matters greatly. Reach out anytime. The Rocks Stage Media. Contact me, rich at richbontrigger.net. Until then, I'm the Trigger, Rich Bontrigger. Have yourself a great week, and we'll see you back here, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, live next Wednesday night.